0: What's up you guys, I'm Anya and I'm Kylie and this is Two Degrees Hotter, the
1: postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday.
0: Hello everyone, happy Tuesday. Welcome to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. Yes, welcome back everybody.
1: We have another guest episode for you today and today we welcomed Joanna Cowart onto the show. She's the founder of Downward Cow and we were really excited to chat with her today.
0: Yeah, so we talked about everything from yoga to self-care to mindfulness and all of that fun stuff and about how Joanna started her own yoga company and online community through all of those things. So definitely stick around for the interview because she has a lot of great insight on incorporating yoga and mindful movement into your self-care routine.
1: Yes. And very excited to say that we have a discount code for downward cow as well. So you can use the code TDH25 for 25% off of a class that you take with her. And like we mentioned in the episode, they are all virtual. So anywhere in the world, you can sign up to take her classes. She even has some asynchronous ones. So you don't even have to be in the same time zone. Literally everyone can try it out. And yeah, we're really grateful to have that code to share with you guys. So definitely give it a try.
0: Anya and I have taken, uh, a few classes now with Downward Cow. And we we really enjoyed our experience. And I think everyone can use a little yoga in their life. Anyone can be a yogi these days, especially when it's virtual. So definitely go check that out with the discount code.
1: Yeah. And she takes a very unique approach. So even if you're like, yeah. I'm not a yoga person, like it's a very chill class, cool music. So mm-hmm. I think you'll be a fan. Stay for the main episode content, but let's start out with our segments and kick it off with the week in review. So this past weekend, I had, like, the most, like, vegetable weekend ever, and I literally (laughs) never do stuff like that, like, ever. I feel like always on the weekend, I'm doing, like, some podcast thing or, like, grocery shopping or, like, preparing food for the week. Like, I never just, like, veg out for a weekend, Um, and so that's exactly what I did this past weekend. Grant and I made a very, like, last-minute decision to go up to the cabin just because, like, neither of us had plans this weekend, and literally all day Saturday, we just laid on the couch and watched movies because he got Disney Plus. As Kylie may know, Um, and so I was introduced to the Marvel universe. I watched. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, we watched (laughs) Captain America. This is so exciting. (laughs) Kylie's a a Marvel stan. I am. This is the first one I've seen. Captain America. Yeah, that's what we started with. I don't know if that was like. I think that's right, right? Like in the right order.
0: Ah, I think technically Iron Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. first. Um, but I love Captain America, so I'm never going to shame anyone for starting there ever.
1: Yeah, it was pretty pretty good. So um, we watched Captain America, Hamilton, Moana. Like we really just had ourselves like a nice marathon. So that was good. Um, And yeah, I literally never have days like that, but I feel like I really needed it. And usually I would come away from a day like that feeling kind of guilty about it um, and feeling like I need to like make up for it this week or like, you know, do an extra five minutes on the treadmill or like something like that to feel better about it. But I have no guilt. I feel like I really needed it. And I feel like with everything being virtual, I sometimes convince myself that like, I can't be having a hard time right now. Like, I feel like I'm like, oh, I'm not commuting. I'm not, you know, in person. I'm not running all over the place like I used to. So like my life isn't hard right now. Like I don't have anything to complain about. Like I'm healthy, whatever. But I feel like that doesn't mean that you're not like mentally exhausted. And like, sometimes I would argue that you're more mentally exhausted as a result of like not leaving the house and, you know, having it so quote unquote easy. So um, I really needed it. And this is your sign. Give yourself a whole day on the couch if you need it. And you know if you do. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got for this week.
0: Yeah, hey, I am a big fan of taking a day and just doing nothing. Sometimes, like you said, it's exactly what you need. So I will echo your sentiment. And if you need a day, just watch a movie on the couch. Take that day for yourself. I this weekend was doing the opposite of vegging out because I had my persuasive memo due. Um at the time that we're recording this, I submitted it. Uh, yesterday. For those of you who are in law school, kind of the legal writing schedule that you work with is your first semester, you write an objective memo. Your second uh, semester, you write a persuasive memo. Objective writing was a rocky start for me because legal writing is just different from any sort of writing. And I think because I was an English major, I just automatically assumed that legal writing would come easy to me. And I was like, whatever, like I've probably written like thousands of pages of writing at this point, like, I'll be fine. But it really is like a whole new skill set, a whole new tone, whole new structure to the way that you should be writing. So I definitely had kind of a learning curve with that. But I would say that by the time the semester was over, like I really honed in on that skill set and did a lot of work and a lot of progress was made towards being a good legal writer at least objectively and then you show up second semester and they're like you know that objective tone that you've been working on for a few months yeah put it in the garbage because we're doing something different and I weirdly it's it is more like the writing that I did in undergrad but now that I've been exposed to this like objective super highly structured world I like don't remember how to like Write like this anymore. I feel like I need to like put training wheels back on or something and re teach myself how to write persuasively without like, because obviously now there's the added, you know, ethics and making sure that you're not misrepresenting, you know, the case at hand, making sure that you're not misrepresenting misrep- case law, even if it goes against what you are trying to argue. Because that's, you know, the law is never going to be perfectly in your favor and your facts are never going to be 100% what you want them to be like there's always going to be one fact that you wish wasn't in your case but it's there and you have to figure out how to persuasively like tone it down and be like yeah like I know that you know she intentionally punched her in the face but like this happened and so (sighs) we should probably like not hold her liable things like that so, all that is to say, it was really like an uphill battle this first semester and now it's submitted, which is nice. I'm the type of person, especially in law school, I really didn't do this in undergrad, but for whatever reason in law school, I like submit something or I finish something, take a test whatever it is, and then until I get my grade back, I go through this nice like roller coaster. For one second, I'm like, I nailed that. Like, I did so good. I worked so hard. Like, this is great. Like, I'm going to crush it and then give me 30 seconds and I'll be like, except for that I failed and I bombed it and I definitely did horrible and awful and I'm going to have to drop out of law school and it's going to be awful. So I am experiencing that right now. Working on that, going to bring it up with my therapist, don't you worry, to figure out how to tune in the side that's like, no, like you did fine, like it's okay and tune out the side that's like, no, you failed. But yeah, so if you are in law school and you have submitted your persuasive memo, I'm here with you. I'm proud of you. You know, you should be proud of yourself. And Even if you're just in college in general and you just submitted a big, you know, essay or took a big test or woke up today and logged on to Zoom class, I'm proud of you. So good job. How long does it take for stuff to get graded in law school? Like how long are you going to have to wait? So I have a different professor for my legal writing class. Last semester... When I say that my my class was the dead last people to get their memo back, I mean like everyone I knew had their memo back and I got it back like a week later. It was awful because everyone was just talking about like, oh, I've been working on this. I've been, you know, meeting with my professor with this feedback. And I was like, awesome. Like I'm literally losing time to be able to like get this feedback back. Mm-hmm. Um, this semester, however, I have a different professor who... Told us that we'll be reviewing our memos with her, but essentially, <laughs> two weeks um, out, I should have my grade back and be able to meet. So, in like last semester, when I say it was probably like a month and a half before wow. I got anything, it was so frustrating. Mm-hmm. So glad that's going to be a, a quicker turnaround.
1: Yeah, I always hated how like we had deadlines, but professors never did. Like I was like, I know. "You're held accountable too. Like get this stuff back." I know. Um, all right, let's move into our favorites. My favorite for this week is a new YouTuber that I discovered in this past month. And if I'm being honest, I don't really know how to say her technical like screen name because she always just introduces herself as Shelby. So I'm not really sure. Like she doesn't read out her like username, but her username is like, it, I think it would be pronounced Lee. Shell Bizley, So it's like S-H-E-L-B-I-Z-L-E-E-E. So I'll put it, we'll put it in the description if you want to check it out. But basically she makes content surrounding sustainability. And what I really appreciate about her is that we had really similar majors. And so she comes at it from a perspective that I can really like resonate with. Um, So she was an environmental science major. So all of her commentary is like very backed. Um, And she does a lot of research on certifications of companies like for example she'll do like anti-hauls about companies that like claim to be sustainable but aren't and she talks about certifications and she's just like super educated on the topic so i'll read out a couple of her videos um in case you're not familiar with her but yeah ranking sustainable brands from best to worst um 50 hacks for decluttering sustainably things to not buy for a sustainable lifestyle zero waste grocery haul so i just think she makes really cool content in like the sustainability realm, if that's something you're interested in. And I just really liked that it's backed because I feel like sometimes the sustainability community can be really like aggressive um, without reasoning. And they can really like latch onto one issue and like not really be looking at things um, in a holistic way. And I think I just really appreciate that she's like using her bachelor's to do this type of stuff. And it's like her full-time job now. So yeah, big fan. She also had like a totally eco-friendly wedding, which I thought was very interesting. to so check out like how she did all that, like literally a zero waste wedding, which is like insane. Um, so I just think she's really cool. And I've been binging her videos lately.
0: Ooh, I'm going to have to check her out. I've literally never heard of her before, but it yeah. sounds really interesting.
1: Yeah, she's really cool.
0: So my favorite this week is actually kind of a long time favorite. I've been using it for, I want to say like a year now. And it's the Linage, Linage, Laneage. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I've heard Linage. That's what I've heard too. So the Linage lip mask, I specifically have, I'm looking at it right now. I think it's the berry flavor. We'll go with that. The pink one. That's the one I have. <laughs> um, and so here's the thing. Do I follow Hiram like religiously? Yes. Does he love this product? No. Not because it's like bad, but because he, he doesn't think it does anything. And I do kind of agree. However, what it does do is it gives your lips, like, such a nice gloss. And I feel like whenever I'm, like, wearing it and like, out in public or in front of someone, someone's like, oh, what, like, lip gloss are you wearing? And it's not a lip gloss. It's just that. And what I like about that is I feel like lip glosses can be super, like, sticky. And, like, there's nothing worse than when the wind blows and, like, your lip gloss, um, your hair, like, sticks to your lip gloss Um, I guess, which isn't that big of a issue with masks, but true. Hopefully at one point that'll become an issue again. Um, And so I like that it's more of like a balm texture, but it like gives like a really nice sheen. And I like to convince myself that it's helping my lips while also like working in like a cosmetic way. So yeah, I mean, is it like an overpriced lip gloss when I really frame it this way? Yeah, it kind of is, but I don't know. I just like it. I like the experience of it. It tastes good, it smells good, it looks nice. Maybe it's doing something for me, maybe it's not. Do with that what you will. I know these were like huge on like social media a few months back. So this is again mm-hmm. just me kind of doing my thing where months after something is, you know, hip and trendy, that's when I decide that I'm going to like it. So, mm-hmm. if you want to revisit your Linage lip mask, I highly recommend. <laughs> And it's funny that you mentioned Hiram
1: because I actually meant to say that this girl, Shelby, did a collab with Hiram. I think that might Ooh. be how I originally found her, but they basically did a video about um, zero waste skincare. So she went through a bunch of like sustainable skincare companies and Hiram rated how he actually felt about them. And so some of them he liked, some of them were like full of essential oils, obviously. So yeah, I think that's how I originally found her. Um and it was a fun collab video. So Ooh. forgot I'll to say start that. not
0: there for her videos for sure.
1: Yeah, nice. definitely. All right, let's move into our main episode topic. Let's interview Joanna Coward. So moving into the main episode content of today's episode, we are here with Joanna Coward of Downward Cow, which is a virtual yoga business offering live classes, wellness retreats, yoga parties, and overall yoga health education. Um, she's super cool because the brand focuses on being a community and making space for yoga inclusivity and making it relatable from the comfort of your own home. So we're really excited to be joined by Joanna today.
2: Yay! I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So obviously we're going to get into everything Downward Cow and yoga and all that fun stuff, but do you want to give us some background on where you grew up and just a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I currently live in the suburbs of Chicago, and I grew up here, have been here my whole life. Um, I just say that I'm from Chicago because it's easier to say that you're from Chicago versus like the suburbs, but I technically am in the suburbs. Um, and so, like I said, I've lived here my whole life and then I went to college at Illinois State University, um, which I always want to say too, because some people don't even know that Chicago is in Illinois. (laughs) Like they think Chicago (laughs) is just its own like state. Um, but so I went to Illinois State University and I graduated in 2015, Um, so I'm about almost six years post-grad, which literally sounds insane. Um, but so I, obviously 2015 was when I graduated, I majored in, um, like community health education and I minored in public health. So that's really where my background is from, which is related to yoga definitely, but still it was very much like, you know, all the COVID things that are happening right now, like that's very much the public health side, like that would be more like working as a you know, epidemiologist, like whatever that is, you know, so it's a little bit different, (laughs) but still related, you know, to health education, like I said. Um, And so after I graduated college in, you know, with my bachelor's in science, I did a lot of jobs that were related to public health, and like I said, health education. So I Um, worked at a nonprofit right out of college, and I did drug prevention. And I went into schools and did like education for sixth graders and that kind of stuff. And then I did another job where I did pregnancy prevention. So I also went into schools and did, um, like I said, presentations about, you know, how to not get pregnant and all of those things. Um, And then from there, I felt like those were still not really like my fit in what I really cared about in terms of health and education and those kinds of things so then I ended up getting a job at a hospital and I was there for about three and a half years and I did injury prevention um, and there it was like car seats and bike helmets and more things that I didn't really care about um, but the job was great I had good benefits and you know I got paid well and all of those things I stayed there for quite a long time um, but then eventually I found out that that wasn't really again kind of my passion or really anything that I really cared much about um but then at that point I also was just kind of already weirdly enough starting to get burnt out of what I was doing and and being in this kind of field and so then I just kind of was like I will do anything that's not this job so I ended up working my last job prior to what I'm doing currently um was at an insurance housing company which like insurance was so unrelated to anything that I was doing and I initially got the job because I have um a sister who has is a friend of someone who worked at that company and initially she's like it's like helping families after they like have a hurricane like how cool and I was like yeah I like love helping people that's kind of why I got into health and all of that so I took the job but it was literally just like insurance and I didn't really like it that much but it was what it was I was there for probably like Four or five months and then COVID happened and I got laid off. Um, so back almost literally a year ago, it was like right at the end of March, right when all 10 million people in America started getting laid off, I was one of those 10 million. Um, so then I basically spent most of the beginning of quarantine with no job and I was trying to find full-time work because that's all I knew. You know, you go to college and then you have a full-time job, like that's what you do. So I was looking for work and it was incredibly difficult as you would imagine because everyone was also laid off and looking for work. And so I would apply to jobs that were related in the field and then even unrelated, but you know, required a bachelor's degree and I would get back results like, you know, we have 500 applicants, like, thanks so much, but we'll let you know. And it just was like a cycle of disappointment. (laughs) So then I was like, screw it, I'm going to do something for myself. And at the time, I was doing a lot of yoga, just because I was doing yoga, and I had nothing else to do, because I was laid off and had no work. And that's literally how like this whole process came to be. So that's, kind of the long way of saying like all of my background, that's where I am now. Um, And obviously we can talk more about that, um, you know, in the coming questions. But yeah, that's basically me and what I'm doing right now in in a nutshell.
1: Awesome. Well, talk about making the best of a tough situation. I really admire how open you were about all those like trials through figuring out exactly what you wanted to do post-grad because I feel like there's so much pressure to you know, put on this face of like, I love my job; it's my dream job, and Absolutely. you know that's not always the case. You know, sometimes you don't want to work at a health insurance company or right. insurance company. So, right, um, really admire that, and it's fun that you're from Chicago. I think we've talked about it on the show before, but Kylie and I went there a couple winters ago, just like on a whim, because the tickets were really cheap, and it was amazing.
2: Nice, <laughs> yeah. it's so great, and it's so funny because I feel like I have obviously lived here my whole life, and I've gone to the city so so much in my life that like. I never even realized, like, what a blessing it is to have such a large city, like, one of the largest cities in the country, you know, right in my back door, basically. And so I, like, forget that, like, it's so amazing and people come here to, like, vacation and do things. And I'm like, I just, you know, go there on a Tuesday night when I want to get some food or whatever. So it's super Mm -hmm. cool. I'm so glad that you guys came and, and liked it. It's so fun. (laughs)
0: Yeah, definitely underrated.
2: Yeah, I think so too.
0: Um, So you kind of talked a little bit about how like coming to yoga and stuff, it was a very gradual realization, it sounds like, but I'm curious what your first experience was with yoga and if you had any sort of um, inkling that, you know, your life would start to revolve around yoga at this point.
2: Yeah, so... Actually, my first ever experience doing yoga was in college, and I didn't even know what I was doing. So I went at the time I was in a sorority, and one of my sorority sisters was like, hey, will you do this class with me at like the rec center for the school? And I was like, sure, I don't know. I Like, I feel like truly, I hadn't been exposed to yoga, like I knew the word. And I knew that it was like an exercise, quote unquote, but I didn't really know much about it. And so then I went to this class and I didn't know what I was doing. And then like, I, that was it. And so that was like the first experience that I ever had. And I didn't at all think like I was ever going to do it again. I didn't think that like anything was going to come of it. It just like was something that I did for an hour. And then I didn't come back to yoga until years later. Um, when I finally came back to yoga was probably, I would say like three years ago. And again, I kind of don't remember how I stumbled upon it again, I feel like I was thinking about just exercise, like things that I could do at my house. The, the first time that I when I started getting back into yoga was doing YouTube videos for free at my apartment. And I was really loving that you could do it with like no shoes and socks and like <laughs> you didn't need any equipment. Like it was like a cheap, fun, easy way to like, you know, get your body moving. And so then I started doing yoga just at my house with these youtube videos and then eventually i really got interested in like learning more about yoga and at the time i I, as a lot of people think like yoga is just about these like physical classes that you do but i learned after i did my yoga teacher training because i'm a 200 hour certified yoga teacher there's so much more to yoga than just these physical poses and I think learning a little bit about that, I had a friend from high school who was a yoga teacher, and she's the one that really got me into the program that I ended up being in. Um, and she like told me a little bit about what's like, more about yoga. And I was like, wow, this like sounds so awesome. And coming from this like health educating degree that I had in college, I was like, this seems like something that I could do that is obviously health related, but something that I kind of care about more than just, you know, car seats and bike helmets, you know, it was kind of around the same time that I was trying to leave that job at the hospital. So like, that's really when it became this realization, like, this could be something that I really enjoy doing, like, why not just go do my training. And from there, it just skyrocketed to, you know, where we are now.
1: That's awesome. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned going with like a sorority sister because I was actually health and wellness chair of my sorority for a while. Nice. So I definitely planned a lot of like yoga classes in Boston and stuff for like activities. So it's a good way to get into it. Yeah, that's so um, sweet. We didn't
2: have anything like that. I mean, we probably did, but I didn't really do much. It was just like me and the one girl. But
1: I would have loved that. I'm sure you planned some really great classes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Love the whole, um, you know, approach to yoga that you have, which is a really, you know, body positive, accessible approach. And we'll get more into that, um, further on in the interview, but I'm curious, was there like a light bulb moment or a certain experience that helped you realize that you wanted to dedicate your practice to inclusivity and body positivity and mindful movement?
2: Yeah. So it was exactly when I was doing my yoga teacher training. And the training that I did was a three-month, like, intensive program. So I went, like, once a week and then every single weekend for, like, 16 hours. Like, it was intense. And with that, not only did we learn, you know, how to teach yoga, but it was very much, like, I, like, opened, you know, wounds about myself that, like, I'd never talked about. Like, I became family members with, like, these other people that were in my my class or in my training, rather. And a lot of what we unpacked was, like, you know, what is your highest goal, like, personally? And, like, how do you fit the other limbs of yoga that are all non physical, like, into your life? And all of these things came up that I, you know, I'm personally not, like, a size two. And I was, like, bullied as a child for not being, like, the thinnest and not being athletic or not being, you know, all of these things. And a lot of that came out when I was doing my training and everyone else in my group was this, like, thin, white, young woman. And I was, you know, I looked a little bit different. And I feel like that is where I expressed so much. And they were all amazing, everyone in my group. But I was like, all of you want to teach yoga and you want to do like handstand workshops and all these crazy things. Like I can't do those things. And I feel like I want other people in the world to know that like you can do yoga and you don't ever have to do a handstand. You don't ever even have to do a physical yoga pose. You can do all of these other things and still be a quote unquote yogi. And so like that really was all of that came to be like when I experienced my training, I was like, this is what I want to bring yoga to. Like I would love to work at a studio. You're like, you know, that sounds cool. But like I really want to let people know who look like me or who are different even still from me that are not the quote unquote stereotypical yogi, like that you can do yoga too. Like it's for everyone and here are ways to do it. And I feel like that during my training was what really like came to be like that light bulb moment of this is, you know, this is where I can take that health education and the passion for body positivity and all of these things into the yoga space, excuse me, into the yoga space.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, Ani and I have talked a lot about um, just like, body image and like learning to love ourselves and focus more so on mindful movement, um, on the podcast. And we both grew up dancing. So I think we totally hear you when it comes to like growing up in an environment where you just didn't feel like your body looks the way that everyone else has looked. I mean, I've never been a size two either, but you know, being surrounded by that. And I'm hopeful that, you know, through things like downward cow and more, um, inclusive and mindful movement that girls growing up aren't, in the same position that we were necessarily in. And they see that like movement is literally endless. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're moving your body and you're coming from that place of, um, I don't want to say mindfulness again, because I'll be repeating myself, <laughs> just that place of like be acknowledging acceptance. that you're just able to move. Yeah. Right. Acceptance. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I love that you point that out because not, I mean, similar to dance my entire childhood and into high school, I was a cheerleader. And so even then mm-hmm. I was like, it, it was that's where I feel like a lot of that like bullying kind of came into but I mean I loved cheerleading and it, it was dance you know somewhat related and I like loved all of that but it was very much like you have to be athletic or you have to fit this body type you have to look a certain way and and be a certain way and I feel like even in yoga and that's I know something that we might talk about a little bit later it's it still seems very much like you have to be this thick skinny white female in order to do all these fancy poses like if you look and hashtag yoga on Instagram there's like 90 million photos and most of them are of that stereotypical person and not that those people don't exist in the world because they do but like there's so many other people of different shapes and sizes and colors and everything that might not feel like then that can be movement for them and like right this is a yoga, it's one style of movement that it's, it resonates with someone and like they feel like it's a movement that it will accept them and take them as they are. Like that's what I want people to take from it. And I think it's such a powerful movement.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I'm curious, since yoga is now your job, does it ever feel like work? And do you have to keep um, or do you have to work at keeping your passion for it sometimes now that you're doing it as your job? Yes.
2: So which sounds funny to say, because I in my la la land when I was laid off and before I really started this company, because when I so I started Downward Kyle, like the name of this brand was just the the name of my Instagram page that I wanted to use to not share yoga on my personal page because I thought it would be annoying for like my personal friends and followers. So, I created the separate account that my husband made the name of, like a playoff of again my last name, and that I'm not a size two and all of that um and so initially, it was such a fun like way to just do a lot of yoga and post a lot of fun things and you know just kind of like a little diary for myself and then, when it became this company, it became this job, and I started teaching you know ten classes a week, and I was like, "I am exhausted. this is you know a job a hundred percent and It truly does feel like a job a lot of the times because there is such a difference in taking a yoga class versus being the yoga teacher. Like you have to obviously not only be on it when you're queuing and, you know, you're planning the class and you're playing with music and you're doing all the things that require attention when, when you're taking the class, you're just, you know, doing it and relaxing and enjoying, but I feel like I am holding space for all of these students all the time and I'm neglecting my own personal yoga practice. So that's something that I have to find like a balance between doing yoga for myself so that I can show up as a good teacher, but also knowing that, you know, this is now my job and I, you know, it's gonna be like a job sometimes. And it's gonna like not be fun sometimes, but it is still my passion. So I feel like there I really have to find that balance of knowing that this is still something that I love doing so much and it is my passion that I need to make sure I fill my cup as much as I can so that I'm not depleted and like eventually going to hate, you know, doing this
1: because as you
2: heard like I kind of cycle through some jobs and I want to make sure that like this is something that I stick with.
1: So, I'm curious backing up a little bit. You mentioned that you started this as your Instagram page, so I'm curious how did you go about starting the yoga community that is now Downward Cow? And what are like some big challenges that you faced along the way? I feel like the community happened by accident, which is
2: really awesome that it kind of happened organically. So like I said, it was initially like a personal diary for lack of a better word for me. And so I was following other, you know, curvy women or just people who did yoga that didn't look like me So this community then kind of grew into all of these like like like-minded yoga individuals that I felt like I really resonated with. And so that's the one thing that can kind of, I know there's still a lot of disparity in the yoga space or just the wellness space in general for you know, what can you afford and what do you look like and what is your accessibility and, you know, all of these things. And to me, because I have this beautiful community, it feels like that doesn't exist because all I see are these body positive women or men doing yoga, like love and life and all of these things. So I feel like the community has become this like beautiful little thing that I just like cherish so greatly. And the more that it grows, which is amazing as like people learn more about the brand and learn more about like yoga, you know, for everybody and all of those things, I feel like it is just so special. And it's challenging in the ways that like, I want to make sure that I show up for the community in the way that I am intending to. Because I've never had a job where like social media is part of a large part of the job. I've never had to like worry about making sure that my points are coming across accurately or or whatever the case may be. So I feel like that's challenging. Social media is very challenging in general. I personally only have like 500 followers on my personal Instagram. So now I have almost a thousand, which might not seem like a lot, but for me, it's very a lot and can be overwhelming sometimes because I want to just make sure that these, this little beautiful community is, is accessing everything that I am intending in like the right way. And, you know, all that just coming across in the way that I want people to feel like it's a community for them to be in. So that can be kind of challenging for me, but I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to get there.
1: Yeah, I think we can relate to um, trying to make sure that, you know, everything that you're curating so carefully is reading in the way that you intend to and putting yourself out there. Like we weren't, um, super involved online prior to this podcast too so just putting yourself out there and you know wondering what people are going to think I totally know what you mean um and you mentioned that you know part of this job is social media part of it is obviously teaching the classes so I was curious to ask what does your day-to-day kind of look like it's
2: kind of all over the place and as another thing to add to all of this so while I'm obviously doing downward cow ads, like my full business, like, you know, I'm spending day in and day out doing all these things. I not only need to still pay my bills, but I, my husband is self-employed and for two self-employed people to pay for insurance is very expensive. So I also have a part-time job. So I'm like a Starbucks barista by day and then like a yoga teacher by night. Um, And so I feel like my day to day changes all the time, depending on if I'm working this other part time job. Um, And that's something that I would always tell people who graduate college, like, you know what, don't when I graduated, I was so hung up on I'm not getting a job that's not out of my field. I'm not not working full time. I'm not not doing all of these things. Like I spent the money and the time and the hard work to do all this. And like, I feel like I limited myself in what I was doing. And I was like, so prideful that I couldn't do anything else. And now I feel like six years post-grad, you know, my life looks a lot different than it did and I'm accepting of like the way that the universe has just, you know, handed life to me. And so like I'm okay with being a Starbucks barista because I also know this is allowing me to like do this passion of this business. So like, that's something that I would tell post-grad people. Like, don't worry about, you know, just like, find a job and try out a bunch of things and see what you like. Like, don't put so much pressure on yourself because I did that. And I'm not post-grad very long. Like, it's not like it's been 20 years, but even still, like, I feel like I know enough to know that, like, that's not something that people should do. Um, but I feel like kind of going back to that question is that I think my day to day when I'm not working my part-time job, I either am planning classes or content, which takes a lot of time, as you guys might know, not with this podcast, like the content alone, it just takes way longer than I thought. I have so much respect for people who are content creators or like graphic designers or editors, like all of these things, they take literally so much time. Um, so I'm usually doing a lot of planning for content or like shooting content. Um, I'm planning classes. I'm planning playlists. I'm doing the things that then when I'm teaching classes, like it's all done for me. Um, I'm setting up emails for podcasts such as this or getting myself out there. And that's something that I've learned very recently in working with the, this PR company that I'm working with you know, to really put myself out there in ways because I initially was just posting on Instagram and hoping people would come to me. And I know that I need to like do the work and make sure that like I am putting myself out there to get people to, you know, to bite and to to come be students and and all that. So that's essentially what my days look like. I feel like now that I am really putting myself out there and doing more things, I'm filling my days where it's like 10 o'clock and I'm like, I haven't even had water today. It's crazy, but it's all it's all amazing. Like I said, I just didn't I didn't think I'd ever be here and it's really awesome. But I am.
0: Yeah, and I think you have a really great perspective and I really like the advice that you give to postgrads cuz I think you're exactly right. There is so much pressure that you put on yourself. Like I feel like I thought when I graduated college like everything was going to be figured out and it was going to be fine and that's mm-hmm. just like not the case. Like life is figuring it out. You're that's what life is. Um, so yeah, so I agree that, you know, we shouldn't be putting so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect and have all our ducks in a row when we're 22 and fresh out of college, or even when we're like 55, like you don't need to have all your ducks in the row all the time.
2: Right. We're all just like living life on this floating planet and like, who knows what, what (laughs) any of us are even doing and what's even important. But like that, I really feel like I have had being laid off within this last year. I feel like I've grown tremendously as an uh, a human and as an adult, as a post grad individual, I feel like I, after being laid off and trying to find full time work and then maneuvering how to be this business owner now and all of these things, I feel like everything that I once thought and was like so prideful of and like wouldn't do anything else, I like threw all that out the window. I'm like, you know what? Obviously, I have a college degree. I'm very happy that I, you know, spent the time and the energy and doing that and it was, you know, expensive and all of these things. But like life you can do so much different so much more with this bachelor's degree or like you know just meeting new people and and having experiences in in other organic ways than just like here's my bachelor's degree here's my resume do with it what you will you know what I mean I feel like that's like just giving yourself the grace to know that like you can try a bunch of things and you can quit and do something else like I feel like the generation above us was like Work, work, work. Who cares what you're doing? Work is work. Like, that's how my parents are, very much so. And not that that's wrong, but like, I think, and I think as the younger generations, it's this is where you spend half your life. You know, you don't want to do something for half the life that you don't like doing. Like, try out something that you like and be okay with the fact that if it's not something that you like, then that's fine. Like, find something else and, and do a lot of things that will allow you this freedom to be able to find something that you feel like you can do long-term because otherwise we're all going to get burnt out and that's not how you should be spending life.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um So I'm curious, how do you hope to see Downward Cow expand and grow in the coming years? Like, do you have a five-year plan for Downward Cow? Uh, I, don't, I don't, but I should. <laughs> I feel like, again,
2: truly one of the really biggest challenges that I've been faced with as a, as a business owner now, like, I don't know really what I'm doing a whole time. I'm learning a lot, which is great, but like, I didn't go to business school. I don't have a BA. I have a bachelor's of science. Like it's totally unrelated. And so like learning how to run this business and have a five-year plan and know exactly what my like projections for the future will be. I just want, as many people to be exposed to this brand as possible the ones like i'm here for like the uncommon yogi i want everyone who wants to find joy and movement to know that i'm here and like i support you and i welcome you and i want you to be a part of this community with me because i feel like as we talked about as a adolescent like being bullied or even growing up as a young adult like i didn't find a community or a movement or you know exercise for lack of a better word because I don't love that word in relation to yoga because like I said it's so much more than just movement but but doing all these things that like will accept you because I feel like in you know the world it's so hard to feel accepted sometimes and I want people to just as many people as possible to learn about the brand and take classes with me and move as I move and evolve as I evolve and all of these things to become this beautiful community that we can still, you know, cherish the little one that we have right now and but make it way larger. I would love that. Yeah,
0: for sure. And if it makes you feel any better, when Anya and I started the podcast, we also (laughs) had no plan whatsoever. It wasn't until like six months in or something that we were like, maybe we should like take some sort of metric or something. (laughs) Yeah. And I yeah,
2: yeah, I've truly been doing like downward cow as a legitimate business is only maybe like not even six months old so yeah I'm I'm right around the time and like this conversation is really telling me like you should probably have some sort of plan I will and I should and because I want this to be a business that will last I don't want this to be something that you know I try for six months and I'm not really getting the following or the students that I want and so then I'm just like well that was fun while it lasted like I really want to make sure that this is successful so I will be making a (laughs) five-year plan I will do this after this conversation
0: (laughs) we'll have you on the podcast again you can update us on the five-year plan would love that Um, so we kind of talked a little bit about inclusivity, um, earlier in the episode, but where do you think the main gaps in inclusivity are in the wellness or even in like the health space? I feel like,
2: unfortunately, I feel like there's a lot of gaps. And like I said, it's, it's now sometimes harder for me to see that because I am a part of this little community that like it's kind of like ignorance is bliss. Like I don't follow the people who don't, are not inclusive or whatever. So like all I see is inclusivity and all of these great things. But I think in the yoga space and in the wellness space, and like you said, in health in general, I think there's so much, and this is where a lot of my like public health education degree like comes in, in terms of money, in terms of gender, in terms of status, your physical ability, your size, all of these things, I think are issues in the wellness space for you know all of the different facets that exist in the wellness space you know whether that's the physical or the mental or the emotional or the you know primary care route or all of these things um so i feel like that's the one challenge that happens in that space and why i want you know at least this downward cow this small sliver of the yoga world to be inclusive because i think you know depending on how much money you have or what you look like or what you're able to do you're already eliminated from so many things like oh you can't do a handstand well you can't do this workshop or oh you're you don't have three thousand dollars to do this you know bali retreat like oh guess you can't come like all of these things that i feel like great for the people who who can't afford them and who can do these things but there's so many more people who are not in those categories that Are completely left out and these people need wellness too and so that's again where I feel like this is not only just a yoga for everybody but I want people who you know don't have a hundred and fifty dollars a month to spend on a membership you know to still take classes with me I want the people who can't do headstands and backbends to still do classes with me like I want those people to again just feel accepted like this is a space for you to have freedom in movement and not be judged or, you know, not be able to do the things because you can't, you don't have the things or, you know, whatever. So that's a long answer in saying, yes, there's, there's some gaps, but I want downward cow to eliminate those gaps as much as possible.
1: Yeah, and I I will say that we took Joanna's class and I feel like you do a really good job at making it feel like such a safe, inclusive environment, even in this like weird Zoom world that we're in, you know, offering, uh, modifications and really letting people go at their own pace. And I will say you've mentioned your Spotify playlist earlier. Honestly, the best Spotify playlist I've had in a yoga class. I feel like there's always weird, like bird chirping (laughs) vibes. And I'm like, this is not it. Um, so I think I'm trying to remember. You played Taylor Swift at the end. You played Evermore, and I was it like, is. "Oh no, I'm in mean, my feels." Like uh-huh. it's happening. Literally, oh, yeah. so, so good.
2: I love that you said that because, and that's so true. Why I feel like I just need people to get to my classes because, also, when you think yoga again, when when no one knows anything about yoga, they just think it's like, "All right, we're doing you know, we're doing handstands and we're listening to waterfalls." Like that's literally what people think of <laughs> yoga classes, and like that exists somewhere in the world, but like I think that that's not fun. And like, if you know all of the things that I don't want it to be, so yeah, I want to make sure that you have really bumping music because when the class gets hard, I don't want you to be listening to waterfalls and then you're like, in this crow pose or maybe not crow because that's not very accessible, in just chair pose or whatever, and you're like, I hate my life because the music is waterfalls and like this isn't pumping me up and I'm getting sweaty and I hate this and why am I here and whatever. So like, I want it to be fun and I want people to come to the class and then I think like that will give them like okay like this is a different yoga class like this is a cool place for me to be and so that's like I just like need people to get there but yeah I feel like all of that it's like as you said you give them modifications I don't want you to feel like if we're doing a certain pose and I say like if a if um in your practice like go ahead and add it here I always say it's not in mine but if it's in yours like go ahead and if it's not like if you need to add a pillow instead like do that like make yoga accessible to you and like make it work for your body because we can all benefit from it and I don't want anyone to feel like oh well they do all of these insane poses and I just can't do them like I want to make sure if you can't touch the toes don't touch the toes, like touch your thighs, like all of it's fine as long as you feel this here and it feels good there and all of those things, like that's where you're benefiting and that's what the most important part is.
1: Definitely, and really, I really saw that uh, come through in your class and I'm curious, What are your thoughts on fostering an online community versus opening a physical yoga studio? Is that something that's an eventual goal of yours or are you really leaning into this online niche? Do you feel like that's a new level of accessibility? I was just curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah,
2: I really think that I'll likely stay virtual. Not only because, like you said, it allows for accessibility for people to be able to just open up their computers or their phones or like any virtual thing that they have and do it in their house. And then they're finished and they can like shower immediately. Like they don't have to pay for parking for a, you know, studio class or they don't have to go and drive 15 minutes for a class or, you know, whatever the case is. Like, I really love the accessibility from that standpoint. I think that it's really expensive as a studio standpoint to have a brick and mortar store or studio like why would I want a second mortgage hanging over my head and then having to worry about the amount of students that come and making sure that I can you know keep the lights on like I don't I mean like not only do I I vibe more with online things as a millennial in general but I also think like it just doesn't make sense in terms of money like I truly am not really putting a whole large investment into this business right now and I know that I can with, you know, educating myself and doing more things and, you know, all of those things. But I don't really have to worry about, you know, if people don't sign up for a class, I just don't do that class. And then I get an hour of my time back. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to worry about spending the money and making sure that if no one comes, I'm like, I'm kind of screwed. So I really think at least for now, my plan is to stay virtual because then it also opens up like I've had students from totally different states that I would have never had otherwise that I can have now. And like I now with this new booking platform that I'm using, I can have people from any country like anyone can take any class. And that's what I think is so amazing, allowing this community to expand even greater and be able to see people from all over the world like how cool is that I would never do that otherwise if I have a small studio in the suburbs of Chicago you know like I'm only limited to those people so I feel like I'll likely stay virtual at least for now probably forever we'll see
0: yeah I know Anya and I can testify that we took the class from New Hampshire so it is really cool that we get to to take this class and be part of this community um from halfway across the country yeah it's Um, so cool. Yeah. So kind of looking more at mindfulness and self-care, obviously, you're a big yoga enthusiast and a meditation enthusiast. And we're wondering, how do you feel like those practices play into your personal self-care routine?
2: Very much so. And again, it, it can be challenging, like we talked about earlier in terms of this being my job. I often neglect that personal practice. And when I mean not only the physical practice, but like meditation is obviously a practice of yoga. Meditation is the highest form of yoga. And I do meditation and I used to meditate every single day for 20 minutes. And it was literally, I was like blissed out of my mind. And then like (laughs) things got busy. And then I picked up this part time job and all of these things have happened in my life where I then kind of haven't done these things in a while which I know I need to prioritize because I know that I feel a million times better when I do them. So definitely making sure that I need to add the meditation back in my life because it really is a total self care. And another thing that I I do, which I believe is self care is like expressing gratitude because it's a choice to express gratitude. Like you have to physically be thankful. Otherwise, you're just going to bop through life not thinking about, like, things that you're thankful for. So, like, when I brush my teeth or when I take a shower or when I go walk my dog, I openly say I'm grateful for this and I'm grateful for that. Like, I, you don't even have to be grateful for anything crazy. Like, you could be grateful that you have the ability to see colors you can be really grateful for that, you know, the obviously roof over your head or the fact that like you know people all over the world or whatever random things. Like it's it's truly a choice and that's totally a, to- a topic on like manifesting and like the law of attraction and the things I'm also very into giving the gratitude and showing the self care to yourself is only, only going to attract more positivity and abundance in your life. And like, why not? It's such an easy thing to do. And like, why not make yourself happier when you can make yourself happier? So all of these things, I feel like are really self care and things that I, I do already and know that I need to do more of that just make me like a blissed out human that I love. <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, self-care and mindfulness specifically in meditation, I feel like can feel so like nebulous and scary if you've never done it before, if you don't know anybody that meditates. So I'm curious, what advice do you have for listeners that maybe aren't in this space at all and want to start practicing mindfulness more in their day to day life? Where would you tell them to start?
2: Yeah, I feel like in terms of like we just talked about mindfulness in like the gratitude space, that's a very easy thing that you can incorporate in your every day by doing the mundane things that you already do, like brushing your teeth or taking a shower or those kinds of things. That's a such an easy way to be able to add that directly into your life without even having to make it like an extra step. If you're wanting to add a little bit more in terms of meditating, I know it can be very daunting. like. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm just sitting here and I'm wasting time, like all of that nonsense. And it, it is all of those things. But if you wanna start in that way and being mindful in the meditative space, like just sit on your bed. I mean, you don't even have to get anywhere fancy. Like you can lay down if you really want to, like as long as you, your back is relatively straight and just close your eyes, and all you have to do is try to quiet the mind, which I know sounds kind of like, how do I do that? Your mind is going to wander. It's just inevitable. Like It is what it is, as long as you just try to focus on the sound of your breathing. As long as you're breathing, inhale, and then you do exhale like, just focus on what that sound. And then as your mind starts to think about your grocery list, and like, why someone was mean to you in sixth grade, like, just come back to (laughs) when you remember, come back to the sound of your breath. And like, that will allow you it's just calming the mind because we are so overstimulated. We don't know how to stop, we don't know how to calm. And so that would be a really great way to to add even five minutes, And if you don't like the silence, if you're uncomfortable with that, use a meditation app. There's a free one called Insight Timer because I know a lot of people use Headspace, which is great, but it's, you know, you have to pay for Headspace. So if you want to do it for free or just like look up YouTube videos on like a guided meditation and you can do it for two minutes. And just like, see how much lighter you feel in two minutes. Like it's only going to benefit you as long as you're willing to dedicate a little bit of time, whether it's two minutes or 10 minutes or, you know, the five, 15 minutes or whatever that you're showering, like any of the amount of time that you can add to your life to just make yourself feel better and calm the mind and express gratitude, all of these things will allow you to live such a more fulfilling and abundant life.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think... For me, something that I've been trying to work into my self-care routine is meditating more. And I was definitely one of those people that was like completely afraid of it and was like, I'm not going to be able to not think about everything that I have going mm-hmm. on. So I definitely echo um using guided meditations as someone who has, you know, kind of just begun meditating. They're super, super helpful and remind you to not think about the 27 things that you have to do the next day and just right. be in the moment. Um, But I'm curious, do you have any other favorite self-care practices that you incorporate in your day-to-day besides yoga and meditating?
2: I love like when I think self-care. I think of a like 30-minute shower with skincare and I shave and I do like all the things where like I feel like a glisten donut after I'm out (laughs) and done with my skincare. Like that to me for whatever reason, I mean, like, maybe this is how other people feel too. But like, that is like, the most self care that I can give myself unrelated to like yoga and meditating and all those good things. I just like love taking a nice scolding hot shower. And I'm so clean. And I do all my skincare. And I just like feel amazing. And then I lay on my bed with my robe on and I just like, lay for a second. And like, it just feels like I feel so good. And like, that's something that is so easy. We all shower, like just use that extra maybe few minutes and like do something that makes you feel good. And then like you feel good and it just feels great. And I love that.
1: Somebody gets it. I feel like <laughs> I'm also a really hot shower person, yeah. and I lived in an apartment briefly that just didn't like have a good hot water heater. And I swear I was just like in a bad mood for like the like eight months that I was there because Sounds I was like, horrible. "This is not it."
2: <laughs> yeah, I would literally like move. <laughs> it's like it's such a luxury, but like also so simple. Like I just love a hot shower. It feels so great.
1: So it great really is different.
2: Yes, it does.
1: Cool. So before we get into our game of this or that, we ask all of our guests this. What is one thing that you want our listeners to take away from this episode?
2: Just, I feel like not only knowing that Downward Cow exists and like this is this little community that you can join and feel accepted if you're interested in yoga or mindfulness or manifesting, all of these things that we just kind of talk about. Um, but just knowing that if you are ever interested in yoga, or this, you know, wellness space, like, there are outlets for you, regardless of who you are, and what your status is, and what you look like, all of these things, like, there's a the space for you. And because I feel like, like we talked about, it's life is just so much where you don't feel accepted or you don't feel like you belong or that it's not for you and I promise that they're in at least in this space like here's this little house that can be for you if you want it to be and know that like it will accept you as you are and you know you can do whatever you're able to do and know that like it can benefit you if you're open and ready to receive it so I feel like I want people to just know that not only Downward Cow is out there but anyone I mean there are so more so many more outlets that are like me and like my brand that you know you can find for you. Like don't give up and don't think that you can't be accepted in this space because there's there's someone out there for you.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then where can our listeners find you in Downward Cow? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at downward underscore
2: cow. Um, and I have a website, downwardcow.com. Um, and I'm on TikTok, which is very pitiful. So I really don't even think people should care to go on TikTok. <laughs> but I'm on TikTok and it's also downward cow. Um, but mainly Instagram is like my, where I'm most active and where I have this large community and we like answer questions and we talk to each other and we do all these things. That's where I am most active. So definitely follow me and. Be a part of the cow crew. That's not a thing, but I'm just going to, you know, make it a
0: thing. The cow crew. You should make that a thing. That's a fun name for, like, the community. The cow crew. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Awesome. And
1: we'll have all of that linked uh, down in the description as always. So Um, it's time for our game of this or that. So um, as we mentioned in every episode, Joanna has not seen these questions. So it's going to be a really candid response. So I'll kick it off with the first one, which uh, looking at it now, we may have spoiled a little bit during the episode. (laughs) But during yoga... Music or silence slash like natural noises? What do you prefer? Music. Music 100%. Spoiler.
2: Spoiler, <laughs> yeah. yes. Like not only, I mean, there's a time and a place for silence. Like I, I do enjoy a little bit of silence, but, but music all the way. And like I said, what I love, it's not like, you know, birds chirping, music noises, or like very low, like hums or whatever. Like, I want some trap music, or I want some like EDM or like rap music or whatever. Like, that's the kind of music that I'm looking for. So, definitely music.
0: So then the next one is stretching or savasana. Ah,
2: I love a good savasana. Like, I, it's especially I feel like I would choose savasana, even though stretching is like it's the way to get to shavasana at the end like the stretching is the yoga to get to shavasana but like especially after like a really hard class and you're just laying there and you're like ah, I did it you know like <laughs> if there's nothing like it like that I would choose shavasana because it's like a bed that you're just like sleeping and you're just like so mellow and relaxed like it feels amazing I love that
1: yeah, it definitely is a special feeling. If anyone yeah. hasn't experienced it before, it really is like strange and restful and amazing all at the same time. It's,
2: yeah, it's so amazing.
1: All right, the next one is meditate or journal. Oh, I do journal a lot.
2: Oh, I would choose meditating because I feel like journal. I mean, I love journaling, and I think that if you or anyone, you know, all any of your listeners don't journal, I think it's So incredible like what a way to just like jot down your whole life and your thoughts like do it it's like therapy but for free do journaling if you don't but I feel like meditating is just when you because it's a practice so like when you actually learn like how to control the breath a little bit or like how to control your mind a little bit and again it's going to wander every single time like no no fault like it's going to happen so just accepting that it's like I've meditated sometimes for like 20 minutes have gone by and it's been like, it felt like five seconds and I like, am in like another universe and like life is just incredible. So like that it's like, there's literally nothing like meditating. And I feel like I would have never said this until I learned how to do it. And now I like, can't not, it's just so great.
0: I'm excited to get to that moment in my meditation (laughs) journey. You'll get there. You will get there. And
2: like I said, it's very much a practice. So don't get discouraged if you like think that it sucks and it's hard and it's like felt like a hundred years and it's been one minute. Like you will eventually get there and you just give yourself like every just give yourself five minutes and then you maybe graduate to six minutes and then ten minutes and then just go from there. And then you'll find like you're gonna zen to like
1: another (laughs) universe and it's gonna be great. (laughs)
0: great looking forward to it
1: yes also to joanna's point we have a whole episode on why you should journal so go check that out if you haven't listened yet because we totally agree with that sentiment
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah um so the next one is spa night or movie night
2: oh oh i so i would probably choose spa night because I don't really go to the spa very often, but I have once my husband's uh my my in law, my father in law, is a chiropractor and I once received a massage from there and I like like I said, it's not like that's a spa, but like I received a massage and I was like, Wow, why don't I do this every day of my life? Like it's incredible. And so like I would totally choose a spa night, even though I love movies, but I feel like that I'm like laying on the couch and then like I would need to go to the spa, you know, like to get a massage. Mm-hmm. So definitely spa because that sounds like just more self-care you know and we need an abundance of self-care
1: that we do and then the last one to close it out is sunrise or sunset
2: Mm. that's a good one because I really love the morning like I'm more of a morning person than I am a night person but true to the human that I've been my whole life like Anytime that there's a sunset like there currently is right now where I am like I take a picture of it because I think that it's like so amazing and like what a wonder the world is and so like I love sunsets very much but I feel like I would still choose sunrise because it's just like nothing like feeling like "Ah, a new day like what can we do today like make it a good day like I like that mindset so I would choose sunrise.
0: Yeah, I agree. And there's like a nice stillness to sunrise that I don't think there is with sunset.
2: Yes, I agree. Like no one's up yet. It's like so calm. Yeah. just like feels It feels very zen, you know? I like it. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. <laughs> um, but that is everything that we have for this episode. So Joanna, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for
2: having me. This was literally so much fun. I can't wait to listen to it when it's out. I appreciate the two of you so much. I think everything you're doing is so wonderful, and I'm happy to be a part of it.
1: Awesome! So we will have all of Downward Cow's social that everywhere you can find them linked down below, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Two Degrees Hotter. Uh, we have an anonymous suggestion box if you want to leave us any comments. We can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And with that, I think we will chat with you guys next Tuesday. Thanks again, Joanna. Thanks so much.
0: Bye, Bye everyone.